Welcome and thank you for joining the Cass County Health Department HealthCast. Our HealthCast is here to bring discussion and awareness to the services we offer here at CCHG, as well as ongoing and current issues in women's health. I'm Allie Yokish and I'm here with Hillary Kelly, Louise Yale, who are both educators here at CCHG. So why don't we jump right in with our first topic. So on today's HealthCast, we're going to be talking about colorectal cancer. March is Colorectal Cancer Awareness Month, so we wanted to make sure that we talked about this uh, cancer that affects a lot of Illinois uh, people that are around our community. So today we're going to be talking, uh, asking questions to Hillary Kelly, who is the head of the Colorectal Cancer Screening Program here at CCHD. We're going to be asking some questions to her about colorectal cancer, how we can um, find cancer or this type of cancer and how we can prevent it. All right, Hillary. So our first question is, what exactly is colorectal cancer? Sure. So colorectal cancer is an umbrella term used for cancer of the large intestine, which is the colon, uh, which is the lower part of your digestive system, and rectal cancer, which occurs in the last several inches of your colon. So cancer of the large intestine and cancer of the lower colon or the rectum will be found in approximately 150,000 Americans and 45,000 Americans, respectively, in 2021. Wow. So more than one and a half million Americans are alive after a diagnosis of colorectal cancer. So to better understand colorectal cancer, it might help to know about the normal structure and the function of the colon and the rectum. Mm -hmm. So the colon and the rectum make up the large intestine or the large bowel, which is part of your digestive system or what most of us know as the gastrointestinal or the GI system. So most of the large intestine is made up of the colon, which is a muscular tube that's about five feet long. The colon absorbs water and salt from the food that remains after it travels through the small intestine. So the waste matter that's left after going through the colon goes into the rectum, which is the final six inches of the digestive system. So then your body gets rid of it whenever it's ready. So the colon and the rectum play an important part in our body's systems by absorbing the water and the sodium that our body needs by then getting rid of it in the waste that we don't need anymore. So then how does this type of cancer begin, Hillary? So most often, colorectal cancer starts with a precancerous polyp in the lining of the colon. So these precancerous cells can form in the shape of a mushroom, they can lie flat, or they can be embedded into the colon walls. So not all polyps are cancerous, but many can be cancerous. So finding and removing the polyps helps prevent colorectal cancer. So there are various types of polyps that doctors look for that give them the indication that that polyp needs to be removed. So some of the factors that can make a polyp more likely to contain cancer or increase someone's risk of developing a colorectal cancer could include if the polyp is larger than a centimeter, um, if more than three polyps are found, or dysplasia is seen in the polyp once it's removed. So dysplasia is another precancerous condition where there is an area in the polyp or in the lining of the colon for the rectum where the cells are looking abnormal, but they haven't quite developed into cancer. So a very good reason why you should be checked regularly is that if, you know, that if this cancer forms in a polyp, it can grow into the wall of the colon or the wall of the rectum over time. So the walls of the colon and the rectum are made up of many layers. So once the cancer starts in the innermost layer, it grows outward, though some or possibly all of the layers. So if the cancer gets into these walls, they can grow into and spread into the blood vessels or the lymph 
The lymph vessels are tiny little channels that carry away the waste and fluid. So from there, the cancerous cells can travel to nearby lymph nodes or to other distant parts of the body. So it's like a system where those cancerous cells can travel. Mm -hmm. So the stage of colorectal cancer depends on how deeply it has grown into the walls and if it might spread outside of the colon, colon or the rectum. So most colorectal cancer is found in people who have a history of colon cancer. People with a family history also have an increased risk of developing the disease, but it's not the only risk factor that should be considered when assessing risk. Another important question is, what are some symptoms of this cancer? So the symptoms are usually very subtle, if at all noticeable, during the early stages of the colorectal cancer, which is why screening is vital. So if signs do appear, they're usually in the form of blood in your stool, which might make your stool look dark brown or black, um, rectal bleeding with bright red blood, unexplained weight loss, persistent abdominal issues, including cramps, gas, and pain, persistent changes in bowel movements, including diarrhea, constipation, or a stool consistency that lasts more than a few days, um, fatigue or weakness, or a filling in your bowel that doesn't make it feel like it's empty completely. That's really good information, Hillary. Now, what are the risk factors to colorectal cancer? So risk factors for colorectal cancer include um, things that sometimes you can prevent and sometimes you cannot. So um, age, age is a risk factor. So most people diagnosed with colorectal cancer are over 50. Doesn't mean it's everybody, right. but a lot of people are. So um, a recent study suggests that a small increase of colon cancer in the U adults, U.S. and adults that are under 40, so that's, you know, drawing some attention, um, this increase is about 2% of the annual rates over the past few decades. So given this increase, the recommended age for a person's first colorectal cancer screening has now been lowered from 50 to 45. Mm -hmm. um, race is also a risk factor. So African Americans are more susceptible to colorectal cancer than other races. So both African Americans and Native Americans, as well as Alaskan Natives, over 45 are at higher risk as well. So personal history, family history, um, if you have previously had colorectal cancer before, if you've previously had polyps or history of colorectal cancer or associated diseases that affect the colon or the GI tract at all, heightens your risk as well. Um, health problems and an unhealthy lifestyle. So this is something that people can control. Right. So if you have health conditions such as diabetes, obesity, if you're living an unhealthy lifestyle, um, lack of exercise, your diet is high in fat, if you're smoking or using um, tobacco products in any, in any way, if you are a heavy alcohol consumer, those things all contribute to colorectal cancer. So the rise of colorectal cancer in younger Americans has been linked to the modifiable risk factors, such as changes in diet and activity. So people that have other intestinal conditions like ulcerative colitis or Crohn's, while you're at an increased risk, some of these things play a part in your lifestyle as well. You will need to be managing your diet and exercise to manage those other illnesses. So mm -hmm. colorectal cancer is typically already on their radar, right, right. but it is best to keep up with those recommendations. So then, Hillary, I think a question that we always kind of ask ourselves is, can I prevent myself from getting colorectal cancer? Right. Yes, of course. So the overall lifetime risk of colorectal cancer is 1 in 23 for men and 1 in 25 for women. So 
you know, anytime that you're able to look at statistical information like that and look right. at risk factors, do you have these risk factors? Do you not? Mm-hmm. Is there anything you control? That's what the only thing that, you know, right. we can really right. do our best to control the risk factors um, that we have control mm-hmm. of. Mm-hmm. So for those of us that live here in Cass County, these incidence rates are considerably higher. Yeah. Um, they're almost tripled of yeah. the national average. Mm-hmm. So, and we'll talk more about that in a minute. But while, you know, you can't completely eliminate your risk, um, these few things can help a lot. So mm-hmm. your diet. So eat a variety of fruits, vegetables, whole grains. These things, you know, um, contain vitamins, minerals, and fibers, and antioxidants that play a role in cancer yeah, prevention. Yeah, definitely. So... If we choose foods that are rich in these things, which are the obvious healthy mm-hmm. foods, you yep. know, yeah. um, fruits, vegetables, just keeping that nutrient intake coming. Um, when you're drinking alcohol, moderation is yep. key. Yeah. Um, if you choose to drink, limit your alcohol to no more than one drink a day for women and two for men. Mm-hmm. Yep. Seems unfair, <laughs> but it is true. So um, if you're smoking or you're using tobacco products at all, Tobacco cessation is yeah. key. Yeah, that carries over so. into every aspect of your life. I think so, yeah. Many, many, many other types of cancers. Um, Just overall health, I yeah. think, you know. Overall health. And I feel like tobacco cessation has come a long way. Mm-hmm. There's resources for people. Um, not that it's ever easy, but it's probably a little bit easier now than it's been in the past with free resources available for people to quit. Definitely. Um, exercising most days of the week is big. Mm -hmm. So it's recommended that you exercise at least 150 minutes every week. So if you try to get in at least 30 minutes of exercise on most days of the week, you'd be in good shape. You know, if you've been inactive, just start slow and build up gradually to get to that 30 minutes. And you can also talk to your doctor before starting any types of exercise programs if that's a concern. Mm -hmm. Um, You can change your exercises and create a fun routine that kind of keeps you going, keeps you active, and fits in your schedule. There's lots of things you can do. Yeah, get creative in a million ways there. So um, maintaining a healthy weight kind of sums up all of these things that you can control in one statement. Mm -hmm. So... um, if you do the diet and you do the exercise, this is going to keep you healthy and you're going to lose any weight if mm-hmm. that's the situation or even if you need to gain weight, you know, mm-hmm. and maintain a healthy weight is the right. key. So you can always talk to your provider about achieving that goal as well. Um, and if you need to lose weight, just start slow. Same thing. You don't have to, you know, set yourself up for failure. You can kind of start slowly, yeah. gradually work gradually into work. it until it's a part of your lifestyle. So that's something that we offer a lot of help with um, here at the health department as well. So we're always happy to counsel yeah. people on that. Um, if you've been diagnosed with an advanced colon polyp, though, um, talking with your health care provider about taking aspirin can be mm-hmm. really helpful as well. So the U.S. Preventative Services Task Force concluded that aspirin reduces the risk of colorectal cancer by 40% in patients with advanced colorectal polyps. Yeah. It's not for everybody, so um, your healthcare provider will let you know if that's something that's for you. So a little bit more information about uh, colorectal cancer statistics here in Illinois. Um, Excluding types of skin cancer, colorectal cancer is the third most commonly diagnosed cancer in the United States. Mm -hmm. So in 2022, estimates for the number of colorectal cancer in the U.S. are 
uh, just over 100,000 new cases of cancer of the colon and 44,000 new cases of cancer that are rectal. So the rate of people being diagnosed with colon or rectal cancer each year has dropped overall since the 80s, but that's mainly because people are getting screened. Yeah. People are also starting to change lifestyle factors. Um, it's not as common or accepted anymore to smoke. Mm-hmm. It's not as common and accepted right. anymore to be unhealthy in general. So from 2013 to 2017, rates dropped about 1% every year. So good. that's a great thing. Yeah, that's, that's very, very good. good. Um, geographically, here in Cass County, we're at an even higher risk Reasons being are undetermined. That's a really common question right, that people right. ask in the clinic. You know, why is it like this? They have mm-hmm. guesses or theories, and that's fine. However, the truth of the matter is we don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, people can still, you know, always coming back around to early detection, getting screened, and maintaining a healthy lifestyle is about the only way that residents in our area are able to try to fight against those numbers that are showing up. Right. So um, Illinois has 102 counties. And CAS is ranked 11 on the incidence rates. Wow. Wow. So we have an incidence rate of about 56 people per 100,000 in the mm-hmm. population. So that bleeds into neighboring counties as well, not yeah. all of them. Yeah. But they're out there. Most of them are rural. Most of them are southern or west central counties. Mm-hmm. So um, it's higher in males than in females. That still stands true in our area and in all of Illinois. So, and again, with the stats being that the rates are higher in black populations and they are the lowest in Asian populations. Um, and it's important to know that when you're reading statistics about um, lower populations at risk, it doesn't change your risk. It doesn't eliminate no, your risk. No, of course not. So maintaining screenings is very important. Um, here at the health department, we do offer what's called a fit kit. So mm-hmm. there, it's a fecal immunochemical test. It detects blood in the stool so essentially, the screening is annual. You will come into the clinic. It is free. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't have to be a patient in the clinic either. You know, we can result that fit kit yeah. in the lab, and you can be notified. And your provider can be, if you have a provider, you know, it's it's um, it's available to anybody. Our rates are so much higher that's important. People get screened. Yeah. So the benefit of the fit kit is it's not a colonoscopy. Yeah, it's it's a little uh, your human. <laughs> Yeah, it's much it's less, less invasive. Yeah. Less invasive, that's yeah. what yes. I was trying to say. And a lot of people um, may have a medical restriction to getting a colonoscopy. Yeah, it's a really big right. deal. They have to stop taking medications. Mm-hmm. They well, have especially to go to a lot of people, blood thinners and stuff. It's, yeah, it's, it, can it's, be, it's a challenge. It can be a risk. It is a challenge. And the process of preparing for a colonoscopy can be very strenuous on mm-hmm. people as well. At the end of the day, if you have to have one, you have to have one. And mm-hmm. typically, you know, your provider will work that through. But it's less invasive. It's annual. Um, <clears throat> if you do have a fit come back that's positive, it does not mean that you have colorectal cancer right. of any type. Right. But it's there's probably a reason to have a colonoscopy. Mm-hmm. A polyp probably exists. And what I tell patients commonly is it can take 10 years for a polyp to become cancerous. Mm-hmm. However, you don't want to wait 10 years years. so sometimes and i know a doctor would say come back every three years come back every five years for colonoscopy and those those appointments are important to keep because um this the incidence rates are high and the morbidity rate is extremely high it's not um you know getting a cancer diagnosis isn't an easy process oh for sure 
Now, Hillary, I don't want a colonoscopy, so what can be done to test for CCS in place of that if there even is anything? Well, I'm glad that you asked that because a lot of people say that. They do not want to go through the, the screening. They don't want to do the prep. They don't want to drink the stuff. They don't want to go to the hospital. They don't want to do anything. So that, and that's understandable. I realize people um, don't want to do that. Some people don't even want to take the time off of work. Um, again, the fit kit comes into play there. But there are other types of home stool tests. They require, you know, minimal processes, but they're different. Mm -hmm. So I think that the Fit Kit is the easiest to yeah. use. It's yeah. probably the most user-friendly. Um, but if you are curious, like, what should I do? Should I get a colonoscopy? Should I take a home kit, like a mm -hmm. Fit Kit? So do you think to yourself, are you willing to take a sample of your own stool? So yes or no? these questions this can kind of help you if you do need to figure out what type of screening is for you the answers to these questions will point you in the right direction mm -hmm. so is taking a day off of work for healthcare difficult for you am i hesitant about drinking large amounts of fluid to clean out the colon would it be challenging to find someone to drive you to an appointment midday mm -hmm. for i usually remember when i'm due for a vaccine or a screening so if you have answered yes to any of those, um, have another talk with your primary care provider and figure out which is right for you because they're big. They're big yeah. ones. Yeah. Um, and I think the keeping it on your mind, remembering, that's really hard. Mm -hmm. yes. Especially when a lot of colonoscopies are 10 years in between. You know, oh, just, yeah. It's you know, no. yep. a big time gap there. <laughs> it's big, so... Sometimes that 10 years flies and you don't even realize right, it. Right, so. right, for sure. So then, Hillary, with this cancer, what is the survival rate of this? So that's always a, a difficult conversation, yeah. you know, to have. Um, the, the unfortunate news about colorectal cancer is it is the third leading cause of cancer-related deaths for men mm -hmm. and, and women. women. Yeah. So it's expected to cause about 53,000 deaths um, in 2022. So there's a greater number of, of, of people being diagnosed at a younger age, which is kind of new. Mm -hmm. and We're seeing that definitely more. Yeah, it's emerging. People it's are scary. It's very scary mm -hmm. because it prevents people from being screened. Mm -hmm. um, I think that the most famous case, you know, that people could probably relate to that we've seen um, is Chadwick Bozeman. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So he had colon cancer, colorectal cancer, and he was famous for his role in Black Panther, like in the Marvel series. So he was mm -hmm. only 43. Mm -hmm. um, and he's in a, in a recent publication, a recent JAMA population, uh, publication, the Journal of American Medical Association. Researchers have predicted that for this age group that he falls into, this age group of 20 to 49, colorectal cancer was estimated to become the leading cause of cancer-related deaths by 2030. So oh that's, that's huge. Yeah. It's only seven years. It, mm -hmm. Right. Yep. It's only seven years. So it, it does tend to take a really long time to like process, put data out to where people actually make changes. It's hard to make swift changes in right. healthcare. Um, so... The most that we can do at the moment is try to get the information out there. Try to make it realized that mm -hmm. if you do show any symptoms, yeah. if you do have yeah. any of those things, you're. I mean, it can even just boil down to I don't feel right. I want right, to check up. Like, right. Let's get this looked at because when you're 20 to 49, these these are these are super abnormal. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> early detection is the key. Mm -hmm. 
So yeah, definitely. That's a that's probably the number one way to prevent this from happening. Um, and the good news, the death rate has been dropping for decades due to the age range that we predict that cancer to be more involved in the fifty plus, mm-hmm. now forty five plus. But you know we're still again trying to make that slow transition in that five years in between. Mm-hmm. However, those those age groups have been targeted. They are getting their screenings. Yeah. Yeah. They're going in for colonoscopies. The polyps are being removed. Um, so these are obviously going to improve their yes. their overall health outcomes. So the relative survival rate of any cancer compares people with the same type and stage of cancer to people in the overall population. So the survival rate for colorectal cancer varies based on the stage of the cancer. So according to the American Cancer Society, colorectal cancer that has not spread outside the colon or rectum has a five-year survival rate, which is nearly 90%. Good. Whereas cancer that has spread to other areas of the body is 14 to 16%. So again, it's metastasized. It's a metastasized Mm -hmm. malignancy. So that's a a really big deal. Um, Colorectal cancer can be prevented with the proper screening in concert with healthy lifestyle changes and increased awareness. So talking to your healthcare team if you have any questions, concerns regarding colorectal health. And it's good to encourage your friends and your family to do the same. So I think for us in the clinic, you know, as we see patients, as we help people, as we offer resources, um, we have this factor that our incidence rates are so much considerably higher. Mm-hmm. And it does interest people. It does pull people. Yep. And people are like, I had no idea. Right. So um, those people do tend to get screened. Um, Mm -hmm. I also think that your approach in talking about colorectal cancer is important, too, because I think if it remains this, like, taboo, you know, okay, it's time. Right, right. You just have to get it. They feel more comfortable when they see you being more comfortable and talking openly about it because, I mean, there's nothing to be. There's nothing to be ashamed about. It's the human body. It's, you know, how our body works. Yeah. You know, unfortunately, they're can be cancerous cells no matter exactly what your age what your health status is you know if you have family history yep. so it, it's just make sure that you're trying to stay as healthy as you can mm-hmm. for as long as you can exactly and you know if you if you push a topic off you push a, a screening off because it may be um, a little more taboo a less desirable yeah. conversation piece I can guarantee that if you're undergoing treatment yeah. you're gonna you're gonna wholeheartedly regret feeling that way. Um, and wish that somebody had really pushed it through mm-hmm. to you. So mm-hmm. um, we've been pushing it pretty hard. Yeah. So we'll continue to do that for the folks here in the county. Absolutely. Yep. So that is all for us today. We hope this HealthCast has been informative and helpful to our listeners. We bring this information to you to educate and enlighten the public on the importance of various health concerns and topics that would be beneficial to the improvement in health of health and well-being for the community. Funding for this podcast was provided in whole or in part by the Illinois Department of Public Health, Office of Women's Health. The Cass County HealthCast is a project of the Cass County Health Department in Cass County, Illinois. Information given in today's podcast is not the personal opinions or views of those speaking and is information gathered and distributed for the sole purpose of health education and promotion. If you have any questions or would like to suggest a topic, please call us at CCHD at 217-452-452. 3057 and ask for Louise or Hillary. Also visit us on social media. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And also visit us on our website at www.cascohealth.org. Thanks for listening and until next time, stay well.